What up, what up? This your boy, Core Kendricks, a.k.a. Black Rambo, from your favorite TV show, Empire. You locked in right now with the Tough Love Show. And welcome back to the Tough Love Show. This is Bruh Bruh Ren. And this is Maze. Man, I'm so honored and uh, humbled to have this guy amongst us right now, man. A, a true legend indeed, Mr. Ray Love. Man, how you feeling, bro? Man, much respect, y'all. I'm, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. It's, it's actually a, a, a smooth selling day for me. I'm glad we caught you on a on that smooth selling day, man. So the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of this show gonna be smooth selling. I, I feel the energy, man, already. So respect. That's what I'm talking. Much respect. Rayla, where do you originate, man? Uh, I'm from the Bay Area, man. I'm from Santa Rosa, California. That's where I grew up. That's where I went to high school. And uh, and then, but, you know, pretty much I done lived a little bit of everywhere in the Bay Area. You know what I mean? I even lived out there in the rich. I got family from the rich. You know what I mean? Right. Shout out to the real Richmond. You know what I right. mean? I got, I got family in Oakland. I used to live in Oakland, Frisco. So, right. uh, you know, very early in the beginning, when I first started doing records, like it was kind of easy for me to to get my message out to you know my area because I have family right. everywhere. Knowing everybody, knowing a little bit of everybody helps. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I yeah, mean, which, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's less, for me, it's less about who you know, maybe a little bit more about who knows you. You know what I mean, and, and how you how you recognize that. Like, uh, I came from a circle of people where everybody was just impeccable hustlers, bro. Like, they was, they were serious about whatever lane that they was in. They, they were dead serious about it. And that rubbed off, I think, on me. Matter of fact, I know it did. I know your background, but for the sake of those who may not know, and I'm sure it's a, we have a wide audience who already do as well, but we still going to cover that and some more. You know what I'm saying? Of course, with your blessing. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I just want to put it out there. Like, uh, I really, I really respect, you know, uh, respect uh, independent artists, independent radio, independent radio shows. I think uh, they tend to connect better with the audience because everybody is tuning in just to get what you create for them. You know what I mean? It's not like a, a mainstream type of situation or whatever. And I respect that. So I I'm, I'm enjoy being on your show, bro. Appreciate that, man. Right. Thank you we so much, man. Enjoy you stopping by, man. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure for like, us, too. You feel me? Yeah. 100%. For real, for real. Well, let's talk about one of these icons, man, uh, who you shared the stage with, man, and shared the studio with, man. Uh, Tupac. How you and Tupac link up? Uh, shit, man. I was probably about 15 years old. I think he was maybe maybe 16, about to be 17. And uh, I used to make house tapes. Back then, before it was mixtapes, it was, I guess that was our version of the mixtape. We would just get on instrumentals and, and rap and, you know, do our thing. So I'm from the North Bay, Sonoma County, Santa, uh, Marin County, that area. Pot lived in the jungle in Marin City. And uh, his group, they used to make little tapes and they would circulate around and, you know, the females or whatever would, would listen to them and pass them. And I heard his, his, you know, his music before. I heard what, he, what they were throwing out there. And, uh, right. you know, I was I was a fan, but, you know, at the same time, he was very competitive. So, right. so, you know, I always wanted to try to make sure that my shit was hot. I wanted to be hotter than them. 
you know, that type of thing. And then one day, uh, a lady uh, by the name of Layla Steinberg, who uh, is really, she's a, uh, I don't know if everybody is familiar with her name, but unsung icon, uh, helped to, to, in the very beginning of hip hop in the Bay Area, you know, she was a part of that incubator that, that helped to bring independent artists to the mainstream. So uh, one day she called me up and said, I met this dude, you gotta meet him. I think y'all would, you know, y'all definitely want to meet each other. And it, it ended up being Tupac. And uh, first time we hooked up, we just rapped. We rapped for about five, six hours straight. And then uh, we just started recording music from the house. And from wow. that, that was kind of like the beginning of, of our relationship, our friendship. Um, at the time, I was homeless. I left home when I was 15 to, to do music. But, you know, for a lot right. of other reasons, I left home early. And uh, and he was kind of at that that phase in his life where he was, you know, breaking away from home, and, and the streets was very attractive to us at that time. So hip hop and the streets was was one and the same. That's you know, in in 1989, 1990, uh, and so that was kind of like the birth of our relationship. Yeah, me, I'm appreciating all that right there, man. Y'all was on some ultimate hustler stuff. Well, go, go ahead, bro. No, no, what I was going to say was it's just a testament to to, uh, to dude's character. You know, like uh, our two neighborhoods didn't really get along. Matter of fact, they, they fought for many years in, in the 80s. And uh, he was like, I, you know, I, I, I want to do a group with you at the end. You know, it was, you know, it was really like his idea for us to bring our two neighborhoods together and, and kind of have one North Bay kind of like movement. Um, I wasn't as excited about it because, you know, I, I I never had been to his neighborhood and the only thing I knew of it was that, you know, people would say different things about them and that they didn't really care for us. They didn't like us. But right. uh, that first night, I, I went back to Marin City with, with Pac. He was like, well, if they jump you, they got to jump both of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to take you to the homie. It's going to be good. And uh, from that first night, I actually, uh, Marin City became like a second home to me. Um, I, I was out there damn near morning. I was in my own hood and, and uh, I, I was welcomed and accepted. You know what I mean? So just to show you the testament, the kind of person that we're talking about, you know, uh, from the very beginning, he showed his loyalty, um, which was reciprocated by, by me and, and my friends, my family. And we actually did bring those areas, I think, a lot closer. That's a beautiful thing, and I was and I was gonna I was gonna add that on if you didn't. And I was gonna say, man, it it also sh- uh, shows what type of real dude you were as well. You were equally eager to fuse that thing and make that thing happen, just like that. And you guys have some uh, quite uh, dynamic chemistry, because. Trust me, man. In my in my archives of music, I had a strictly dope. You may be aware of this, but and. There were rumors that it was took back off the shelves because somebody released it without permission or something like that. But I know that they did release it at one point commercially. Yeah, it, it's released right now. You can get it, but yeah, it was released illegally. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, the music when when somebody dies. Same thing with Max Ray. Uh, you know, people just start releasing shit either for their own ego or you know just to maybe make a few quick bucks or, or whatever. But you know, a, a lot of that music was leaked, um, but uh, it, it was never really finished. All, all the strictly dope stuff that you've ever heard was from the first day we was in the studio. 
that's the record, the only record that ever been leaked. It was our first day in a, in a big studio. We did six songs, seven songs. And then, uh, and then after that, there's like, you know, another five or 10 songs intermittently. But the ones that were released as The Lost Tape or as Strictly Dope were all from the first day. Wow. Man. I was fortunate enough to pick up uh, one of the one of the uh, copies of that CD before they actually snatched it off the shelves. <laughs> yeah, I had not known he was going to do that, but you know, because you know, as a consumer, <laughs> as a consumer, I don't, you know, we don't know what's released legally or illegally, and people going through the proper uh, protocol to release things. I didn't know any of that. I just, I'm a fan. That's it. Hey, it's Ray Love. It's Tupac. Let me grab this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, since we here, we at this timeline. How did the relationship come together between you and Mac Dre as well? Okay, so that that just shows you like really the you know uh, the the Tupac side of the family, the Ray Love side of the family, and the Mac Dre side of the family. In the future, today we all kind of intermingle with one another, but it was really born out of um, two kind of separate moments in time. One was Mac Dre released. Uh, too hard for the, for the fucking radio and uh, he was doing a mini tour so he wanted to do two shows with with Pac. Pac had, this was very early in the digital underground day. Uh, we we hadn't uh, I don't even think that we had any any finished songs that would end up coming out on Tupacalypse Now which was the next record that was being done but uh, it, was, it was just early it was like all in the days of a criminal underground shit and uh, we did a show in Vallejo, did a show in Marin City with Mac Dre. That was my first time meeting him. The funny thing about it is I went to high school with his cousin, Los. Los is another unsung hero. He is probably one of the most important people to, to my career as a, as a musician, as a rapper, because we did go to high school together. He let me hear Mac Dre uh, tape, sports rock tape, before the record was even done. And uh, wow. I, uh, I can remember being in, in high school, like jealous, like damn, he's he from the 707, and he, you know he's making records, and how much that inspired me. And uh, funny thing is, uh, before Mac Dre it was the Mac, and the Mac had this so bass record cover where they were standing, you know, with the with the caddy and the cool on on Dayton's and balls, and you know they clean, looking like every bit of. 1988, 89 type shit. And when I flipped over the record on the back of it, I thought it had a 707 phone number. So I knew that they was from my area and they was from Vallejo. And uh, and so long story short, fast forward two years to the future, uh, I was looking for a deal. Um, the deals that were being offered to me in situations wasn't like I would have basically took anything, but they were they were just they weren't good deals. You know what I mean? Not even for me at the right. time. And uh, the Mac guy, I bumped into Lowe's, Mac Dre's cousin, and he said, um, "Are you going to the Mac funeral?" And I said, uh, uh, "You know, I man, I don't know, man. I, you know, I know how it is when somebody dies. You don't necessarily want to go. So that's a bad time to be in a hood that you're not familiar with." Right, right. Said, no, right. I'm a, I want you to come out there with me. I'm going to introduce you to Dre. And I was like, well, I, I met Dre. He's like, yeah, but I, you know, I'm going to make sure he get a chance to hear you rap. So I, I went out <laughs> to Vallejo. This is uh, 89. Uh, the day of the Mac funeral, after the funeral, we all went to Press Park. 
uh, and uh, everybody just was real accepting of me. He heard me rap. He said, I want to take you to Kyrie. I think I can get you a deal. And uh, two days later, I was at Kyrie's house being offered my first recording contract. Uh, and uh, like, I, I have so much love for Dre because he put me in front of his homies. You know, Mac, Mac Maul is my little brother now. You know what I mean? Has been ever since he was 15, 14. You feel me? And, uh, you know, he picked me before he picked his own homies. But I, I have nothing but respect for that because I, I, at that point in my life, I really needed you know, uh, you know, a little bump up, a little, a little hug right. up, and you just that, you just that hand. You, you know what? You know what I do admire. I, I admire a lot about you, bro. And you do paint the most vivid pictures, man. And, and that is very reflected in your music. Speaking of your music, and uh, painting vivid pictures, let's get into one of Ray Love's songs called "Last Night." Let's go ahead and get into this, and we'll be right back. Mo Ray Love, Tough Love Show, bro, bro, Ren, Maze. What up, y'all? It's your boy Elder Bars Jr. I'm out here doing my thing, listening to the Tough Love Show. You know what I'm saying? And we are back on the Tough Love Show. This is Bruh Bruh Ren. This is Maze. And our special guest for the evening, Mr. Ray Love. Man, Ray Love, man. I, man, last night. Yeah, let's talk about last, this. Let's last talk about night last night. night. Bro. I heard it. Yeah, I directed that video. I was going to ask you about that because I remember Pac directed Last Night and um, Ghetto Thing by Mac Maul. Yeah, the weekend that we shot that video, um, uh, we had all our family come out to L.A. My family, Maul family, the same weekend we shot Ghetto Thing. And uh, and then Pac, uh, you know, all our thug life folks, uh, everybody, you know, kind of came out to the video. And uh, those videos are very um, nostalgic when I, when I watch them even when I listen to the song, because there's so many people in those videos that are gone now. You know, a lot of very close friends and, and you know, personal friends outside of pot, uh, and Big Stretch, and you know what I mean? Uh, CJC, there's just a lot of people, uh, young grand, uh, that were very close to me that passed after that. And the premise of the video it was something really, you know, we were trying to come from a positive place. But uh, Pac directed those. Pac directed both of those videos for us. Um, it was uh, kind of like the elevation of our artistic um, catalog together. Like, you know, we, we wrote a lot of songs together. Uh, I wrote some stuff for him. He wrote some stuff for me. We, we um, you know, we just did a lot. We had a lot of concepts and ideas that we, we did together. Uh, and so when he wanted to direct my video and Maul's video, it was just like a perfect fit. And both videos, man, dope. Last night is one of my favorite, and you know I noticed you guys had uh, Ebony Foster singing. You guys, Ebony you Foster. guys, you guys yeah. had a lot of the same features from like it was like a small old tight knit circle that you guys had. Man, I really respected all of that. Man, like you, you had Ebony singing yeah. on many of your songs. She, he had Ebony singing on many of his, right? Yeah, and I, I actually had Stephanie Miller singing on uh, last night. But uh, oh. Ebony Foster back in those times, in those days, was, you know, that was kind of like our Michelle A or whatever. Like, she just, she uh, encapsulated, you know, the message that we was bringing across. She had that kind of soul that fit in with what we was doing. Yeah, shout I'm out to Glad you corrected me. Glad you corrected me. I had not known. <laughs> I had not known. I was giving it the credit, giving that, giving that big credit over to somebody. Uh, 
I mean, someone who's well deserving of it, but you know, I didn't want to, you know, don't want to misdirect that credit. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's my correction. I'm glad and, you educated you know, me. And, and you know, the thing is, shout out to, to, to Kyrie too because uh, he actually uh, we created a, a sound together, and uh, you know, there's other parts to that sound, like when you hear. Uh, all about my fatty, or you hear uh, uh, trying to survive with with me, Lay, Maul, and Pop. Uh, what you what you have to realize is what you're listening to, right? Kyrie was the guy who brought all these different parts together. So the uh, the Mac breakdowns, right, was something that was created with the Mac, and long after he died, we used those breakdowns in you know what I mean in in uh, in in projects in. And everything we did, you know what I mean. Same thing with DJ, uh, with with DJ CC scratches. We use all, right. we still use them to this day for stuff. So we always kept the the originators of the music of the sound. We kind of like stayed uh, uh, together, you know what I mean. We we stayed kind of like you know creating with each other and expanding and growing with each other. So for me, when I hear a Mac Dre record, it, it sounds like one of my records. To me, when I hear a Pac record, I hear a Mall record. Like all of them are very personal, because a, a, a major portion of my life is dedicated to, to making sure that as, as many people in the world heard those those projects, those records, and those artists as possible. I can recall those things personally. You know, what I mean, Kyrie did have a very unique. Shouts out to Kyrie too, man. What's up, Kyrie? If you're tuning in. Um, he had a very unique sound, very unique sound, different, way different than anybody else's sound. And you guys had a chance to ride those soundtracks, man, and, and put your yeah. creativity on top of that. So that, that was. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got, I got, I mean, with, with Ty, me, Kyrie, uh, Mac Maul and Young Lay, man, like, you know, I got my first kiss with them, man. I got, we got our first gold record with them, you know, uh. The one that I think probably meant the most is because it was collaboration between all of us. Right. And it's something that, you know, we all took away from that. Um, uh, yeah, there, you know, there's there's other major projects that was to come, but that time period for music was just, like, amazing to me. Yes, it Talk was. That that's when, you know, we created Forever Hustling during the time when we was doing the uh, uh, Young Lay album and when we was doing uh, the videos. Even though the record didn't come out for like almost a year later, the songs were created during that time period. I can vividly remember like, of course, I didn't know all the uh, the specifics like what was recorded at what point and what came out when it came out, but of course I remember all of the albums when they the whole Young Black Brother uh, family and everything, man, like from you to Shima to Mac Maul to Young Lay to man and it and it goes on it goes on and it yeah. all had a very rich sound to mix everything I wish we could revisit those times well I mean <laughs> the, the Bay the Bay Area has always been a hub even if you go back you know to the 60s and 70s uh, it always was a hub for musicians right here in uh, I'm in Sausalito right now right here in Sausalito is you know, the plant studio where uh, Stevie Wonder did songs for songs in the key of life, where, where Carlos Santana did uh, Supernatural and, you know, Metallica. And, you know, uh, <laughs> like we got everything, not to mention Vallejo, their participation with Flystone, with, uh, 
you know, uh, com- uh, compunction. Right, compunction, you know, tower so we, power. We, yeah, right? we, right, tower power. We always <laughs> had um, the point assistance, you know what I mean? We always right. had this, like, this amazing microcosm of the entire world of music right here in the Bay. So you come to the, the Bay Area to be great, right? To, to, to cultivate your talent, and you go to Los Angeles to get famous. You know what I mean? Right. So that, that's <laughs> always kind of been the, the path. You had to, it, it all came through the Bay Area. Right. You can't do nothing but respect that hustle, man. I mean, you know, me being from Louisville, you know, and, and I didn't I didn't hear about a whole lot of Bay Area artists. You know, mainly is the ones that got played out in my area was the uh, mainstream artists. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, E-40, right. before I heard about Mac Dre, I always heard about E-40 and Sue Short. You know what I'm saying? Those are the only two people... Yeah, we we really right. had a focus on from the area, but when I was able to branch off on my own and you know kind of uh, dive into that Bay Area pool and see what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? I heard some of these other dudes that was just going hard on tracks, man. And y'all was getting it. You know, funny funny thing about the about what it is is that we never had Hollywood, so we we created our own independent economy, our own independent uh, movement, music scene, in a sense. So there was a time we had 150 independent record labels in the Bay Area. Um, that was before everybody went major. Every, you know, at, at one time or another, everybody took a major deal. And I, I almost think, in a sense, it hurt the scene on a whole because that became the goal rather than Matt Dre's route. Matt Dre's route was he would go out directly to the consumer. He would create product directly for them. He wouldn't think about MTV. He wouldn't think about the radio. He would think about exactly what his audience wanted, and he would target them and give them exactly what it is that they wanted from him. So, I, I mean, that that is why he's a, he's never been on a major label. He's never had a major uh, single um, as, as far as national, right? But they do Dre Days in Amsterdam. They do Dre Days in Paris. They do Dre Days like uh, in Japan. You feel me? Where they have whole festivals dedicated to this underground cult classic. You know what I mean? So I, for me, I we we've done a little bit of both. We've been on majors. We've been independent. Uh, I think there's something to learn from, from both of the you know the dudes that that we've been talking about is that they the point was is to to get it get the idea directly offered to the people that could relate to it the most. Wow. Wow, man. That's what's up. Check this out. What we're going to do right now, we're going to get into these commercials real quick, and we're going to come back. You know what I'm saying? And Ray Love is going to be here blessing y'all with these words, man. So y'all stay tuned right here on the Tough Love Show. Maze. Rubber Ren. Hey yo, what it do? This your boy Alabama J. And right now you checking out the Tough Love Show with the Bruh Bruh Ren and the big homie Maze. Welcome back to the show. This is the Bruh Bruh Ren. And this is Maze. Along, Along with Ray Love. Iconic Ray Love. Bruh, and, uh, he's, he's just been humbling us with all of this information, man. And just been taking it in very thoroughly, man. It's, you've been blessed. <laughs> you've been blessed, man. <laughs> He's been truly blessed, man. And, and, and at the same time, he's been blessing, too. You know yeah, 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 yeah. In addition to that, yeah, speaking of blessing, you know, being blessed and being able to be a blessing to to those or to others. Let's talk about another venture, man. Uh, the Pushing push the Bay TV, man. Uh, pushing the, push the Bay was uh, 
I was at a point where I was, you know, feeling kind of disenchanted with, with rap music, with hip hop. And, you know, there's a lot of artists that we all love and we all buy, but you don't get to see them on BET. You don't get to see them on MTV. They don't get to sit down interviews and the, but you know, we all buy and be legit like that. We all buy Messy Mars at that time. We all buy this one, that one. So, uh, <clears throat> my partner, um, Sean Ty. Sean Ty is an incredible tech guy now. Like he, he's moved on doing amazing things in Oakland and the community. But when, when, how I met him was that um, I was trying to buy my, my domain name for RayLove.com. And every time I would go to it, it'd be a picture of this, this badass Asian chick. Like, it was just, she was just fine. I'm like, man, who is this that has my page? And it's just a picture of this, <laughs> this woman, right? So I looked right. it up to buy it, and it ended up being, being Sean Ty. And he, he was a fan. He wanted to meet me. And this was his way of, of meeting me. He said, well, you can have it. All I want you to do is just come to my house and, you know, spit eight bars for me on something. And <laughs> I went to his house and we ended up becoming friends. He, uh, wow. really smart dude, uh, really loved hip hop, you know, really connected with, you know, even, you know, our style, our brand. Uh, of, of rap music, you know what I mean? And um, from that, Pushing the Bay was born, and we just basically it started off as um, my life, like just following me around to talk to my friend San Quinn and, you know, people that I knew and, you know, people that I, I liked and connected and known for years, that type of thing. And then it expanded from that as people would, you know, tell us who they wanted interviews from. And, um, and that was kind of like the birth of it. But what, what came of it, right, was that um, QD3, Quincy Jones' son, who, uh, who uh, produced a lot of rap records. He produced the beef stuff. He produced Thug Angel. Uh, he called me one day and was like, man, I got some passes for you and your partner because I know y'all doing the tech stuff now to go to Silicon Valley um, for this conference. So uh, we got suited up and went out to Silicon Valley and... From that relationship, I ended up meeting uh, Steve Wozniak, the founder of Apple, and uh, his family was just, man, just really, like, good to me and really open, you know, like, they're really into music. They're the ones who built the Shoreline Amphitheater. So oh, wow. I started hanging out, kind of, like, I stayed at their house. Like, they were really, really good people to me. And uh, we started going to concerts, going to to uh, rap shows and going to rock shows and that type of thing. But what it did was it showed me that Silicon Valley was the, was the next level for, um, for artists, for uh, entrepreneurs, for, um, for definitely for us as independent uh, record company owners. You know, Silicon Valley is right down the road from us and right. it is our strongest ally. Um, right. And so I started doing shit, man. I started testing products for um, a, a mentor of mine named Eric Zettler, who's a VP at Cisco. Uh, back in, I would say, 0405, um, I had a cell phone where we were testing the video capabilities and, and all that type of shit and what type of, what, how I like to use my phone and all that kind of shit. It was dope to me. It was, it was fun. Um, I have to also give a shout out to, you know, uh, a guy by the name of Chris Andrews. He died a couple of years ago, but he was a mentor to me too. He was the father of CD-ROM. He's the one who basically brought CD, DVD technology into the United wow. States from Korea. And wow. um, 
what what I learned from Silicon Valley was that it wasn't it's not a you know a, a big kind of like it's not a corporation in the sense of like Coca-Cola what it is is it's a bunch of young hungry inventive creative artists that are constantly thinking how can I paint a picture on a bigger canvas on a different canvas how can I how do I want to hear my music how do I want to watch my videos and you know that type of thing so that that did it for me and uh I stayed out there about five years, and then I went to Los Angeles uh, about six years ago, and that was, um, I went to work for a company called MBST, Mora, Bresner, Steinberg, and Tenenbaum. Big, long name. Basically, what we did at the company was they managed A-list celebrities. So Robin Williams was a client of ours, and, and um, you, uh, you named it Billy Crystal, Bette Midler, um, uh, in our office, we had um, we had um, the the manager for the Beatles. We had Elvis uh, Graceland Enterprises, Elvis's family's company. So I went there to work with an um, uh, Layla Steinberg for an artist named Earl Sweatshirt from Odd Future. Um, his name was like big at the time. He, he's big now, but. His name was really big because his mother had sent him away to a private school overseas to getting in trouble. And everybody in the music business was trying to get this kid home and get him signed. Um, oh, because, wow. you know, he, every little Wayne's wearing a sweatshirt, you know, the whole thing. Um, free Earl. And um, we negotiated a deal with his mother to get him home, uh, provided that we would get him through high school. And so I kind of came into the business and started interning from on a management side of things. And because I had been an artist, it made me, it was almost like a superpower in my office because I really understood how artists think, what we want, you know, what who we're trying to talk to, how we're trying to express ourselves, et cetera. Um, right. And, you know, from that situation, Earl ended up getting a deal with Sony BMG, uh, um, Beyonce's label. Um, he's, you know, huge star doing major tours. Very proud of him. Um, he's young, like same age as my son. And, uh, you know, that that was, that experience coming in on the other side of the game actually kind of like, you know, opened me up to start my own firm. So that was, that was the next step of what we're doing. So <clears throat> Amero is a bigger conversation. That's the name of the company. But from Amero, we're doing, we have an energy drink company with Van Margera uh, that we own. We have several different um, business ventures that we're doing with Too Short right now for its 30th anniversary. <clears throat> Longest running hip hop history. Um, he's just, you know, an amazing, iconic figure of hip hop, but just for pop culture in America in general. So we're doing that with him. And then um, we also came back to uh, do branding and to basically kind of like, you know, help guide the ship with, uh, for Mac Dre's brand. Wow. That's a lot. Right. <laughs> a whole lot to take in, man. Just sitting <laughs> here like, yeah, that's a lot, man. No, like, no, 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 man. That's, no, that's perfect, man. man. Listen, that's, listen wow. I got to like, hit you with that Rick Ross, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? Are we, I'd rather, I'd rather have an artist on who has a lot to say than have little to say and me and Maze are doing filler you just hit us with a lot of valuable information and I'm sure the uh, the general public they are very intrigued by this right now so wow 
day. Wow, I, man. You know, that's, but my, mind you, everything that I've told you is only 50% of 50% of the game, so to speak. 50% of of what it is that we do here. The other 50% is entrepreneurship for young people. That's a, a program that is in development for us right now. And what we want to do is create um, an organization where young people can come and start their own business. At young ages, I'm talking like 12 years old, 10 years old, 15, where you can come, we can help you get up, get going, you have great ideas, help you start a business. My thought process is, if I would have started my own business at 12 years old, um, and most of my friends, we all had our own business. Even if you were just selling stickers online, you're a little girl, you know, you whatever you're selling, you have your own thing. You would have been less likely to be attracted to the dope game. You would have been less likely to be attracted to other other elements because you would have already been an owner. You would have understood right. the value of ownership. But that comes right. along with education as well, which is, you know, another component to us. Um, we are, uh, we have been for the last 25 years big in the education system. Uh, we've always done, you know, started off doing rallies and, and doing, you know, going out there and talking to the kids almost our entire career myself. Tupac, Magmaw, uh, you know, we that was that was kind of like a part of our deal in the beginning, you know, when when I was blessed with with a career as a rapper that I would give fifty percent of my efforts back to the very same community that birthed me, and and right. the very same, you know, the same way that people uh, were mentors for me, that I would be a mentor for somebody else, so. That's really the, the part of it that probably is the most important to me is creating a situation where we turning out a whole new generation of entrepreneurs, of business owners, of land owners, of, of you know, uh, education systems. I want to, you know, see things put in place where, you know, there's other programs where your kid can go to school and and learn and advance better than the school system, not depending on our, the school system to educate our children. You understand what I'm saying? Where we have right. things in place, created by people that come from poverty, but other people that are still in poverty or that that are, you know, um, the, below the, the middle class, so to speak. So that's, that's kind of like my baby right there. That's, that's what's most important to me at the end of the day. Understood, man, and as it should be, you know. Um, I grew up in Richmond, uh, Richmond Unified School District, <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I'm, I, I don't even have time to get into my story, but I, I can definitely relate to what you're saying because once I got to college level, man, I, I felt like the uh, educational system had jerked me. <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, wow, I'm not even prepared. It was in there, and when I got to college, it was covering subject matters that I I couldn't even relate to. I was like, are you serious? Y'all push me all the way through high school unprepared like this? I'm not going to go off on no rant. Hey, man, let's take a break. Let's get into some more Ray Love. Ray Love, you got any You got any songs, man, that, that you're passionate about you want us to play right now? <laughs> man, man, you got I, so many great songs, you. man. I, I, you know what? Uh, all about my fatty. Huge single, huge single. Yeah, let's get into that. Ray Love. Mac Maul, Young Lay, produced by Kyrie, Shahid, all about my Fetty. Tough Love Show, Bruh Bruh Ren. Maze. Yo, 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 what up? You know what it is. It's your boy, R.L. from NEXT. I'm the voice right here on the Tough Love Radio Show. 
And we are back. Tough Love Show, Rub Rub Ren. Maze. Along with Ray Love, our guest for this week, man. And wow. I mean, the wow factor has been there the whole time, man. It's it's like you just dropping jewel after jewel after jewel. And you've, uh, you've had the opportunity to be around a lot of good people that put you in a, a greater position. And like I told you during the break, you know, that the, uh, the, uh, that kind of like the each one teach one thing that man, that's, you know, I'm passionate about that as well. So let's pick up from where we, uh, from, from where we were leaving off. Basically what it is, the, the premise of a, of a marrow, a marrow is, uh, several different things. It, it's kind of like, um, what, what we consider the, uh, it's kind of like a magic box that makes dreams come true. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is that as an artist, one of the biggest fears you have is how long you'll be able to keep what you're doing going. You know, how long am I going to be able to sell records? Or uh, as an actor, how? When, I don't know, you know, I can have a hit right now, but that don't mean I'm gonna have a movie role, you know, in the next six months. You know, so it's about expanding your brand, understanding the value of your brand. Your brand is basically who you are and what you what you sell to the public. What you have, how how we trust your brand um, and how we like it is how we'll you know vote for you with our dollars, right? So right. thought process is this. Thought process is this. Um, Bam Margera, uh, and, you know, shout out to Bam Margera from Jackass. He, he's, um, to me, he, he was my first client, first of all. He's a friend, um, and I have a lot of respect for him because he gave me an opportunity in trusting me with his brand to expand it. Uh, what he wanted to do was find multiple streams of income without having to risk his life to do it. Uh, hmm. Most of what he does is incredibly dangerous stunts, and he wants to be able to keep his lifestyle indefinitely take care of his family, et cetera. So at the same time, he wanted something that was going to look good and get back to the very same community that birthed him, which was the action sports skateboard community. So we're doing an energy drink, a power shot called Bam Power Shot together. And a part of what we're going to be doing with that is taking, having a pop-up tour that goes around the country, that goes to the poorest areas that have pop-up skate parks where you can come out, you can skate with, with your favorite skateboarder, Bam, Viv, you know, whoever, Tony Hawk, whatever. That's what the plan is for the next year. And the support, you know, kind of like how we want to give back and support hip hop. We, um, we're, we're going to do the same thing with him. The, um, the stuff with Too Short is kind of like legacy building. So that's a right. little bit different. Too Short is, he's already made his mark. He's made his money. He's, you know, he's broken records. He's done all this kind of stuff. And now it's about, you know, the message that he wants to, you know, uh, leave with people to meet the records that he's doing right now, how he's still relevant. Not only is he relevant, but he's also going into technology and all these other things that's way, way, way in the future. So uh, that was something that was important to him. Um, and so that we bring in all the people that's necessary to make these things happen. Um, whether it's in beverage for Bam Margera, whether it's in technology for Too Short, or for, for Mac Dre's brand, which is different because he's no longer with us. So now we're, what we're talking about is the state building. So what he needed was really to kind of put everything in order and where people could come and his fans will buy from him forever. 
We just have right. to, you know, keep it fresh, keep it unique, keep it authentically matched, right? You know what I mean? And, you know, my, my stake in all of it is that um, I'm, I'm a very creative person. I'm a person who um, has, I, I love to create new companies, new brands, new new products, et cetera. And, you know, I get to exper- um, explore and experience, you know, through, through working with, you know, friends. And all my clients so far have been friends. I, I don't have a, a client that's not a, you know, a personal friend of mine. So all the projects, they're business, but they're personal to us as well. Wow. Yeah. So the, the gist of it is that, man, like, um, it's the dream machine. Uh, and it's, we're from right here in the Bay Area, which is not a Hollywood kind of like system, but it, it now, we navigate Hollywood. You know, our, our other office has been in Hollywood for most of the time. We're just about to open up a Bay Area office for what it is we're doing. Very nice, man. It is. And that definitely is a dream machine. Now, let me ask you this, man. Is, uh, is, is, is Ray Love done with, uh, music? Any, <laughs> any forthcoming okay. music? <laughs> I, I, uh, you know I have that. You I know I have to ask, though. I have to ask. Uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, I really no, it's not over. I just did. Uh, I did thirteen songs with Mac Mall this year. Uh, some came out on his last record. Uh, some songs we did together um, on Legal Business, the last one he just dropped. Some will be coming out on a, a future record. Uh, I would like to do a twentieth anniversary. Uh, application. I've been kind of developing. We, we've been working with apps a lot lately. And, uh, you know, I think that's the next product that I really want to release as an artist is an app that has all the music in it, the videos. You can interact. Um, you'll get free stuff. You'll get free songs. And, you know, I've recorded a lot of songs I haven't released. So start to release some of the back catalog of stuff that we have. But also, you know, just as an, as an artist, um, you know, I'm very interested in movies. A few years ago, when I was at MBFT, I actually developed a television show for HBO and the NFL. And the show ended up not happening for a whole litany of reasons. But the point was, is I, I, I get it. I understand television. I understand movies. I like it. I like movies. And uh, I've been working on some new projects, developing some stuff that uh, hopefully over the next year to two, uh, either be going to television with or uh, to the screen, to the movies with. I take that as a yes and 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 a yes. And, a yes yeah, and yes. man. I, man, I, you know, rappers is like, we like like old pride fighters, right? Like, we don't know when to stop. I don't think, like, we'll ever stop. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, Jay-Z's a damn near a billionaire and he's never gonna stop releasing records, so... I mean, right. the, yeah, the, the, mu- the music bug, the music bug will bite you. <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing, though: hip hop has matured to the point where you can be a 40 year old rapper and have some shit to say that's relevant. You understand right. what I'm saying? This is all about right. your skill level and how 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 much you stay up to date with what's going on with the music. I I love shit. I love music. I'm I'm listening to music constantly. R and B, hip hop rock you name it you know what i mean i'm i'm pretty much of this music i, I can i can get down with it or at least oh, yeah. try 
<laughs> yeah, man, you know putting yourself it in that circle. I did hear a rumor that you and you and Maul had uh, worked on a like a, a a rock type of an album, or you were working on a rock type of an album. Yeah, I had a I had a rock band for ten years, but wow. we only did we did two albums. One was released. One hasn't been released. Um, yeah, with me, Maul, and Aunt DLG, and um, and basically a rock band. So three rappers and a rock band. <laughs> and it was fun. Uh, I had fun. The shit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Like, man, I had some of the most fun doing the rock tours, almost more than the rap tours, because the, we, you know, rock is different in the sense that you don't have to dress up. You don't have to be fly. What you have to be is dope. And you have to be dope every day. You right. feel me? It's not about the bells and whistles. It's more about... You know how you how how you come off, and, and it's I, what I liked about it was that it was kind of free for me. And you know, I even stage dived a couple of times and crazy shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm glad you're still right here with us today. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> and we only get a chance. We only get a chance to see. I like. I don't, I've never. I've never been to a rock concert I'm, in all my life. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've never been to a rock concert. I've been to R and B, rap. Never been to a rock concert. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're missing it. I, I went to see. Uh, yeah, what was the rap show? I went to see um, Rock the Bells. And then the next night, I went to see Lincoln Park at the Shoreline Amphitheater. And Lincoln Park was better than everybody at Rock the Bells. And I never was a Lincoln Park fan. I never listened to them. The show was better. The quality of the show was better. They gave you more for your money. You feel me? And that's not to say Rock gives you more. No, it's hip hop. Right, no, no, I got you. Some shit. You feel me? I grew Rock up in the time when Cool J came out the radio and NWA had a whole police scene on the stage. And, and you know what I mean? So it's like, right. and I'm a digital underground man. You feel me? Digital right. Underground has some of the best shows hip-hop has ever seen. You feel me? I just think about, you know, nowadays I think it's a little easier to get away with not doing much. Right, and, right. Um, but, that, but that also is a huge opening for any artist that really is prepared to go that, that next mile. That, that You know what I mean? Go a little bit farther. Um, the game is wide open for them. And on saying that, Ray Love, man, uh, I want to thank you, man. Wow, for respect for, for for joining us, man. I say this to all of our, our guests, man. Like, you know, you can get me things back in life, man. However, time is not one of those things. So, we appreciate the time Please you shared with us. We appreciate that much time, respect, bro. Much respect, much respect. Great words. I, I'm gonna take that with me. But uh, shout out to everybody. Hey, man, stay going 100% at whatever it is that you're doing. That's positive. That's good for you and good for your family. Man, go 100% every day. Don't take no for an answer. And you heard it. So, Ray Love, again, man, thank you, man, so yeah. much. And uh, anytime you have right. any anything, man, anything, man, consider the Tough Love Show your official home. Right on, brother. Absolutely. And I will, too. I, I'll... Um, I'll keep you guys on uh, on our list when we go out and promote shit we'll definitely come through and send y'all some stuff maybe some stuff to give away to your uh, listeners or whatever appreciate that appreciate that yeah man Straight up. we appreciate you bro for stopping through dropping jewels on them man giving them the game how the game supposed to be given you know what I'm saying Much definitely did that thank you <laughs> definitely did that for sure for all sure. right bro bro 
For sure, for sure. And that was Ray Love. This is the Tough Love Show, along with Mace. And we're going to be back. More hip-hop, more R&B. Keep it locked right here. Tough Love Show. Jan JFM. It's the Tough Love Show. The Tough Love Show. With Brother Ren and Monster Maze.